And so the next morning, Sunday morning, I could not walk. My legs <laughs> were so stiff. And I remember telling my wife that the people at church would understand why I couldn't go to church that morning because I had run three miles the night before. Yeah. Welcome to the Run the Race podcast. We're taking you on journeys of fitness and faith. Need help getting motivated? Do you want to lose weight and maybe get stronger physically? Have you ever questioned God or do you look for purpose in life? I'm right there with you. I'm your host, Jason Dennis, a TV news anchor and marathon runner wanting to be a better spouse, dad, and Christian. The goal here, inspire you to run the race in more ways than one as we talk to experts and inspiring people digging deeper into the mind, body, and soul. Let's do this. What's up, everybody? Jason Dennis here. Thank you so much for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. This is number two. So hopefully you listened to the first one and uh, on my intro, talking about myself a little bit and my journey uh, of fitness and faith and a lot of things that I've been through, some funny stories thrown in there and some uh, just some little uh, tidbits about uh, how to get started uh, and how to do certain things and, and um, you know, how, how just to be motivated and, and inspired. Uh, and let me tell you this, uh, if you're looking for any kind of inspiration, motivation to get going um, and uh, eliminate those excuses, you're going to want to hear uh, my first interview. That's It's an, an amazing man uh, that's been through a lot of things and has done a lot of good for other people. So uh, before we get to that interview, I wanted to give you a quick recap. This is going to be kind of a, um, a military sort of themed um, podcast, you might say. We are right next to Fort Benning. Uh, which is some consider the crown jewel of the United States Army. About uh, more than 50% of U.S. soldiers that come through the Army have to go through Fort Benning. If you want to be a ranger, you come here and train. A lot of basic trainees come here. This is the home of the infantry, the front lines of uh, many of our wars for many, many decades. And I'm proud to say they are our neighbors here. Uh, and we salute our heroes. Uh, we hear them training all the time and so proud of them for putting their lives on the line for us, uh, heroes, so we can have freedom. So um, with that in mind, I wanted to give you a little taste of a military-themed event I just recently took a part of. Uh, it was the Marine Corps Marathon in uh, late October. Uh, it took place in uh, Arlington, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. Now, this is my 11th marathon that I've run in my career so far. Uh, first one was about three and a half years ago, so this is number 11. This is my fourth marathon this year, and uh, again, uh, if you didn't hear me before, I have the goal now of running a marathon in all 50 states, so 11 down, 39 to go, so this is going to be about an 8 to 10 year plan if my body holds up and if my wife allows me to continue to do so. <laughs> um, okay, so the Marine Corps Marathon. Let me tell you a little bit about that. Um, maybe this will be something you want to do in the future, or uh, maybe you can we can go run the 5K or the half marathon. But um, it takes place, again, there um, in uh, the start line is right next to the Arlington National Cemetery, where the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is. I would suggest going there and visiting. Uh, it is a really very humbling place. For the marathon itself, 
They have 30,000 runners. Um, it's the fourth largest marathon in the entire United States. I would assume Boston, New York, and L.A. might top it. Uh, it's called the People's Marathon because actually there is no um, prize money for the winners, the people that are the elite runners. So uh, the conditions were not ideal for running a race uh, and being outdoors. It really rained, it rained for most of it, and we kind of knew that going in that that was the forecast. Uh, but we did still start the 26.2 miles on time. I told you where the start line was. The, the finish line was at the Marine Corps Memorial, which is uh, where the, the famous one, Iwo Jima. You've seen all the guys crowding around the flag. So that was really cool to see that at the finish line. So uh, as we're running back and forth, um, we, we run past a lot of historic sites in D.C., like the Washington Mon- Monument and the Capitol couldn't see it as well as we would have liked because it was raining. In fact, it was pouring rain for a few of those miles. Uh, my quads, unfortunately, uh, after uh, you know four months of training, uh, but I did do another marathon a month ago, my quads cramped up and was pretty bad at times and, and painful, starting at around mile 15. So that last, um, I would say, two and a half hours, I was kind of doing like a little walk, jog, walk, jog. And my uh, nine and a half minute pace per mile turned into the uh, 12 and a half minute pace per mile those last uh, dozen miles. So one of the highlights, though, uh, and this is really cool, uh, you know, whether you're in the military, whether you're um, maybe um, a veteran or you have family that are perhaps from the Army, Marines, um, Navy, um, you know, Air Force. Uh, one of the highlights for me was these small groups of Marines that were out there on the course about every half mile, rooting us on, giving us high fives, hoorah, you know, and, and they and you know they were really excited to see us. And uh, they were out there in the elements just like us. I'm sure, it didn't mean uh, it wasn't as bad to them as it was to us. Uh, we're civilians. Um, so that was really cool. And then um, after you go up the hill at the finish line of the Marine Corps Marathon, and you know the Marines are going to want to make, make it tough for you, make you earn that medal. Uh, we walked to, up to a Marine that are all kind of lined up with the medals that they have to give us. We traded salutes. Then he put on that impressive marathon medal around my neck and uh, just uh, you know, a sense of pride for the accomplishment, but just, you know, just for, the, for the, um, these Marines that do so much for us and uh, when they don't even know us and put their lives on the line, going out to war, training on a daily basis. Uh, And this race came about five weeks after the Air Force Marathon that I ran in Ohio. Uh, So my plan, we'll see if it comes to fruition. You'll find out on the next podcast. My plan is to run the Soldier Marathon um, on Fort Benning. That's less than a month after the Marine Corps Marathon. And uh, um, so uh, we'll see if that happens or not. And speaking of the Soldier Marathon, um, our, uh, the first guest, the first ever guest for the Run the Race podcast. He's been the director of the Soldier Marathon on Fort Benning for the last 10 years. Uh, and that event, this will be the 10th and final Soldier Marathon, we're told, Fort Benning and Columbus, Georgia, just about an hour and a half south of Atlanta. So our first guest for Run the Race is Cecil Cheeves. He's one of the most charitable men I know. He's 70 years old now, still active. Uh, and this is after spending two decades of competing in a number of full Ironman events. And we're going to talk a little bit about what an Ironman is. And that is just, it's an amazing feat just to finish one of those, much less like 15 or 20. Uh, he talks about his faith in God, uh, how that and his family leads the way for him. So let's take a listen to my in-depth conversation with Cecil Chiefs.
happy to talk to our first guest for the Run the Race podcast, Cecil Chiefs here in Columbus, Georgia, a triathlete, Ironman, husband of the last 49 years, a father and grandfather to so many great kids, University of Georgia grad, philanthropist, attorney, Bible study leader, inductee into the Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame, director of the Soldier Marathon the last 10 years on Fort Benning and Columbus, Georgia. We thank you so much for joining us, Cecil. Oh, thank you, Jason. Just a real pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, we uh, like we're going to do with all our guests, we're going to do kind of a fast four before we get into the meat of everything. So this is just some rapid-fire questions. First of all, Cecil, what is your uh, job description at work and at home? I guess you're so-called, quote-unquote, retired, but what is your job description? You know, I'm a retired attorney. I practice law, tax law for over 35 years, loved it, was associated with a wonderful law firm, wonderful people. Uh, we have a foundation, a family foundation, and so we're pleased to support different events in town. But but all of those are investments because you're trying to build others up or uh, support their efforts. But I don't consider myself a lawyer anymore, even though I, I do keep my, my license active. So I, I now uh, uh, say I'm an investor. Uh, another way to say that is I'm an equipper. I like huh. to I like to equip others, you know, to carry out their project, uh, their event, uh, their life. Sometimes it'll be a friend, and I'll just come alongside and talk with them. But so investing and equipping are, are things that I like to do. Absolutely. Now, and you um, are have been an avid athlete, so you've completed how many um, Ironmans? Fifteen or twenty? Fif- uh, well, fifteen full Ironmen. Which uh, it, it was was a wonderful season of my life. Uh, I, I finished my last one. Uh, I think it's been three years ago now. But at, that was a ten-year climb, or more than that, actually. I started running uh, when I was 45 years of age, and and uh, you know, first did a 5K. And I think, like a lot of folks, you try something on and see how it fits, and then you start. Well, I like that, and I'll can I do it longer? Can I do it faster? And so you 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 respond to that challenge, that stimulus. My my daughter actually challenged me at age 45 to run a 5K with her. And although I had been, I consider myself an athlete all my life. I enjoyed team sports as a young man and through high school and college and even recreationally as a lawyer, church league ball and so forth. And But I'd never run a mile. I mean, I, was, I always considered myself quick. I could get down to first base quickly. I could get down to the basketball court quickly. I could do the down and out quickly. But a mile seemed like a monster to me. <laughs> so I responded to that challenge, and it was near the empty nest time of my life. And uh, three daughters, three beautiful daughters, and, and they were all off in college and getting on. And so I had some time. And uh, I, I went to run the 5K. I wasn't sure I could. And I, I, I trained and I, I suffered through it, and, and uh, we, we joke a little bit, my wife and I, uh, th- we ran a Saturday night midnight run uh, race that Columbus people are familiar with. And so the next morning, Sunday morning, I could not walk. My <laughs> legs were so stiff. And I remember telling my wife that the people at church would understand why I couldn't go to church that morning because I had run three miles the night before. Yeah. And uh, so it was, it was all very new to me. Uh, the stiffness, the soreness. But that started a journey for me that continued until um, I'm, t- I'm now 70 years old and, and uh, continued until, I guess, in the late 60, uh, 65, 66 years old. And um, 
the last 10 years of that, I focus on, or last 15 years, I focus on triathlon. Sure. Uh, as I got into the runs, I, I extended the 5K to uh, the full marathon and uh, was just loved running the marathons, ran many, many marathons for many years. I, th- I think you're uh, you're a marathon runner yourself, mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, you know, the Boston Marathon became a, a real goal for me, a challenge. And I had to train five years to get my time down to a qualifying time for the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And I'd miss it just by a minute or two, and, and people that are into running understand there's a qualifying time. And so uh, I was very proud of myself. Uh, I guess I was in my early 50s, mid-50s, where I finally qualified for the Boston Marathon. And uh, I had to run an eight-minute pace at that time to qualify, which was a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you come up with these goals in life. And, and uh, for me, it was first the Boston Marathon. And then it became, okay, can I qualify for the Hawaii Ironman World Championship? Yeah. Man, that's why I just seemed off the chart and so that that resulted in another 10-year effort uh i went to hawaii and enjoyed that and and uh, i thought that was going to be the crowning athletic achievement <laughs> along the way uh, to say you good done, enough yeah i mean it was just amazing and it was worth every bit of the effort <clears throat> but what was neat is my my finishing time in hawaii uh, qualified me to be on Team USA to go to China and participate in the Chinese uh, ITU World Championships. I said, wow, that's that's neat. Yeah. And so uh, we went to um, to China and participated in that. And in another great adventure, great experience. I had done all I'd wanted to do in the triathlon world. And it was good because shortly after that... Um, I was I, I went out to uh, Big Sur, California, to run a marathon out there. I, that was another bucket list thing that I just I thought that would be a neat event. I'll be big. running that next year, in fact. Well, it, it's well worth it. it. It's it's an it's most beautiful marathon, uh, probably of all. Running along the Pacific Coast, it's also very hilly, and so. Uh, uh, but when I finished that Big Sur marathon, I could barely walk. And I realized that my hip was just shot. Yep. And uh, I guess it's like the Lord just saying, okay, Cecil, this, this has been your run. You know, you've had a good run. Yeah. And so I went and had my hip checked out. And sure enough, I had no more cartilage left. I'd kind of run my hip out. I'd been running now wow. for over, over 20 years and a lot of miles. But as I, so I ended up getting a hip surgery. I got hip repla- uh, resurfacing, not replacement, but resurfacing which allows me to continue being active. I just can't run the miles I used to mile run. But uh, some of that is being age 70 as well. And then... Um, yeah, I was uh, going to ask you about that because I know we're, we'll talk in just a few minutes more about the Ironman because I know we sometimes maybe have some of the listeners that, that are avid uh, bicyclists or swimmers or runners, maybe don't put all three together. But now that you're 70... Um, how do you, what do you do to stay physically fit? Do you, do you stay, are you able to stay active and do things not maybe the way you used to, but I am, uh, I am running, uh, three or four days a week. Uh, I was proud. Last week I, 
uh, went out on a, I guess it was Friday and ran eight miles. Um, wow, that's great. Just, just, uh, and I, I need to explain why that's a big deal for me because um, I've been trying to inch my mileage back up. I've been normally running like two or three miles, uh, but I, I wanted to extend it a little bit. And the reason that was, the eight miles was a big deal for me is that last year I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm. And so uh, right after I finished my recovery from my hip, I was diagnosed with cancer, and so I had to step aside and deal with that. And the medication that you get uh, treatment for prostate cancer uh, uh, really takes your energy, your strength, weakens mm-hmm. your muscles and your bones. And, and so um, uh, I, I finished all my treatment this past spring, and so I'm now six months later, and my body is beginning to strengthen again. So I'm going out. And I'm, uh, I call it more conditioning. I'm not training for an event, but I'm just trying to get my body back in shape where I can be physically strong. And I put on some weight, and so I need to kind of push away from the table a little bit more. <laughs> with Thanksgiving. Well, right. I, I learned with running that it's a math game. It's input-output. And uh, certainly when you're running a lot of miles, your output is you know, doing well, and you can pretty much eat what you want. I run because I love to eat, see? <laughs> and, you know, and, you're and, doing 30, 50 miles right, a week. exactly. Yeah. So you burn a lot of calories. But when, when you push away from that, in my case, it was medically for, the frankly, the past three years with my hip and then cancer. I just wasn't able to run. So I put on some weight. My uh, my input, I didn't, I didn't correspondingly... <laughs> push away from the table is the problem. I enjoyed it. And, and uh, it's interesting, when you get cancer... Um, you rationalize a lot more. You can have that extra piece of pie. Say, look, I got cancer. I I can live life to the fullest. You live life to the fullest, and then so. Uh, but now, will I'm real, very pleased to say I'm now cancer free. I just got a report this just this week, uh, two days ago, as a matter of fact, that there's no sign of cancer. So, wow. I, congratulations. I uh, I told my wife I'm gonna have to find a new excuse. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, you know, I've been saying now for a year, I can't do this or that because yeah. I've got cancer. But um, I'm feeling great. And so your question is, sorry for the long answer, no, was, was uh, how do I, what do I do for exercise? And I enjoy uh, running. I enjoy lifting weights at the YMCA. I enjoy swimming. I have an endless pool at my home, so I can do that uh, swimming often, and uh, and also at the YMCA. I'm a big fan of the YMCA. So uh, I'm, I'm. They have a circuit down there, a weight circuit, where different uh, sections that you can lift, uh, and I work on different parts of my body: some upper body, some lower body, a lot of core. So uh, I'm doing that, and I think that's important, uh, not just physically, but I think it energizes you. Uh, uh, it's an odd thing. Working out actually gives you energy. Sure. And uh, you think the opposite is counterintuitive. You think, well, I'm just going to walk around being tired all the time. But I, when I was in the peak of my training, I had more energy than I ever had in my life. I, I just could uh, always be energized. And, and uh, uh, certainly there's a recovery period after a long run. You know, you, you have to recover. You have to rehydrate. You get a lot more, you know, you... You, you massage. I probably had every kind of injury to your legs that, that one can have <laughs> when you yeah. run a lot of miles. Yes. From quads to IT band to, you know, hamstrings to calves to Achilles to plantar fasciitis. I mean, you run this on both sets of legs. I mean, you hip flexors. Mm-hmm. 
uh, glutes, they all get dinged and strained and stretched. And um, you have to ease back and and take periods of time of recovery. So sure. that's that's a normal cycle. But uh, I, I, today, uh, I'm, I'm not running all those miles, but I am still trying to do what I now call conditioning. Sure. And um, a balanced overall health. It, it's it's more balanced. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then um, I know in terms of the spiritual aspect, uh, you you and your wife have been recognized for your work uh, with uh, Bible study groups and have. I've, I've led uh, Bible study and been involved in churches. So for you, do you have a certain spiritual motto or a way that you um, kind of live out your faith, something that, you know, <clears throat> one of Cecil's rules perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> well, to live is Christ. And, uh, you know, I, I, have, I have what I call a strong faith. I'm very grateful uh, to the Lord. I, I uh, had what I call a spiritual awakening in my 30s. I had a hunger for the Word of God, and so I do keep that foremost in my mind. I, I do enjoy leading men's groups, um, but I, I find that the Word of God uh, guides me. I, I have a, you know, a, a great appreciation for God, our Creator, who, who created me, um, created you. Uh, the, the fact that he would offer his only son, Jesus Christ, to be my Lord and Savior and to, by my faith in him, and not on anything I've done, but my faith in what Christ did, that I have the assurance of, of eternal salvation, uh, that's meaningful to me. And it's it's not something I earned. It's it's grace. It's, it's freely given. I just have to believe and trust uh, so it takes away all the performance, like I got to do certain things sure. to gain acceptance with uh, with God. Try to earn your way into heaven. So I don't have to earn my way in. But now, interestingly, correspondingly to that is I have a deeper appreciation for that. And so it's not cheap grace, as they say. I mean, I do have to uh, walk that walk. I do have to stay in the Word of God because I will be like, you know, I'll be wayward. I'll drift. I find if I if I get away from the Word of God, I will go my own way, seek my own devices and desires, as is said. So for me, uh, leading a men's group is my way of staying plugged in because I've got to, anytime you lead a group, you've got to do the front-end work. And uh, we all know that takes time and effort. It gets back to discipline. Uh, we talked a lot about running earlier. That's really all about discipline. Mm-hmm. Your your faith walk, likewise, is about discipline. You, you, you know, for me, if I if I'm too lax about it, uh, my my blade gets dull, my spiritual antenna gets dull. This past summer, uh, the associate pastor reached out to me and asked me if I would lead a men's group this fall. And at the time, I still was in the middle of recovering from cancer. And so I was going to play the cancer card and say, you know, I, I appreciate it, but I am kind of tired. And actually, my energy level was pretty low then. Sure. Uh, I hadn't fully come off my medicine yet. And so I, I turned him down. I, and I said, I got cancer. I, you know, that was going to be my excuse. I'm tired. I've got cancer. I, I can't lead a men's group. I mean, where do you go? You can't answer. There's no rebuttal of that. Yeah, he's not going to say, well, you know. (laughs) So Why not, Cecil? Yeah, so, uh, but two or three days later, later, it's like the Holy Spirit's working on me, 
and nudging me. And, and how do I respond to that? And so I was just, as I thought about what I was saying, and I, finally I called the pastor back. I said, you know, I need to do this. Um, so count me in. I, I'll, I'll lead a group. I don't know what we're going to do, but I'll lead a group. Yeah. Sometimes that's all God wants right. to hear, right? Count right. me in, right? Uh, one last of the first four. So a lot of people may know you or know uh, been a part of some of the things you've been a part of. So what is one unique thing about Cecil Cheeves? Something that maybe people don't know? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, uh, I consider myself very blessed. I, this is not that necessarily unique, but I, I, I have a wonderful family, three daughters, who are just wonderful, three son-in-laws who are wonderful, and 11 grandchildren. Okay. And they run the gamut. And so uh, from diapers to college. And so I am, you know, I'm just very, very proud of each one of them. Each one is so different and, and wonderful. Uh, so that's a part of, that's a big, big part of my life is staying plugged in. Now, other little pockets of my life, I like to, I like to carve. I do some wood carving. Okay. I've just finished uh, a little turtle that <laughs> uh, a turtle on a log that I worked on, frankly, for several years, uh, for uh, dedicated to one of my grandsons and uh, when he was younger and and just recently he's graduating from high school and I realized I needed to finish it, so I, I did. But I was very pleased with it. I like to work with my hands. Uh, I have worked I've worked with another really gifted woodworker and, and built some rocking chairs, uh, five rocking chairs uh, called Sam Maloof rocking chairs that, that I'm very proud of. Gave one to each of my three daughters and one to my wife, and I kept one for my office. So I like woodworking. I love to fish. I uh, go snapper fishing in, the, in June in the, at the beach, and this past summer I uh, had the great fortune of going to Alaska to fish with a, with a friend, and we caught halibut. Oh wow! Which is an amazing fish, and so we were got able, to got to keep them. Got to or? keep them. Okay, there you go. Caught one halibut that was five feet long and weighed a hundred pounds. Uh, really, a monster fish, and so we brought back. I, I brought back two hundred and fifty steaks of halibut meat. Wow! Uh, that I have in my freezer. It's and, one of those where you you have your hands stretched out, and oh, you're, yeah. you're not lying, right? No, yeah. that, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, so I like to fish. I like woodworking, and I and I love my. My family, my grandkids, and my daughters, and That's awesome. and uh, and that you know occupies most of my life. I do also enjoy uh, being generous. Uh, uh, we we do help out on different projects. Would love to help out more, actually. Uh, uh, but there, you know, we we've got some resources that we uh, like to use to to give to folks and be generous. We we find it's really interesting. I'll say this. On generosity, we uh, started this fund many, maybe 15 years ago in our family, and uh, it was a family fund, and the family directs it. And we've we've recently I did a, an inventory. Today, that fund is worth probably twice what we've started. Wow! In value. And we have given away that fund almost twice. Wow. 
and, and giving to others is such a rewarding thing for that, that person as well. And, and I know the soldier marathon that you've been, um, leading and directing the last 10 years, um, has uh, led to, I believe $300,000 close to it, donations over the last decade to local military organizations. We're going to talk about that because that's going to be the 10th and final soldier marathon. And I wanted to go back real quick to, um, you were talking about how your daughter, uh, encouraged you or um, maybe, um, yes. uh, you know, kind of said, Dad, you need to do this, uh, run a 5K. So, right. you know, some of our listeners or future listeners to this podcast, you know, I hear from a lot of my friends, I don't like going to the gym or, you know, I can't run. I hear, you know, I hear those kind of sure. things. I can't do this. And I, and I tell them, everybody can do it. I mean, I know we have sometimes, uh, you know, physical things where you can't, but, um, you know, a lot of people can walk or you can do it. So what would you say to people like, you know, they hear your story about doing these amazing athletic things, but they say, well, how can I even like, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of even start with like a one mile challenge? Well, cause I'm sure you've I run think, across plenty uh, of people like that. And, well. and, and to those out there who, who do have knee and hip injuries, I understand that, um, but exercise is still important. I think the Lord made us to exercise and to eat, have good diet. Exercise and diet are really the key to a healthy life. Sure. And that's what I tell folks. I mean, I see uh, we all struggle with a sedentary life, and particularly in a computer age where you can sit so long. I do think you got to find the exercise that works for you. Mm-hmm. It, it, for some, it can be walking. For some, it can be swimming. Some it can be weightlifting. A lot of it is just get, getting the heart rate up. Uh, but I do believe uh, swimming is a great exercise. Yeah. Uh, it's low impact. Very, you know. So I I would say join the YMCA or join the natatorium and and get out there and swim uh, two or three times a week. Uh, you know that's that's doable without joint pain. It's just. Do you have the dis- discipline or the desire to do that? It's not necessarily convenient. There are a lot of times you got to get up a little earlier. You you got to you got to go to some effort. But I think the dividends are, are are great. I do. I just think the Lord made us that way. We're wired to exercise and to be active and uh, uh, and to eat well, eat smart. I you know all the on the diet side uh, just very very quickly. Uh, uh, I look at it uh, all the influences we put into our body they're chemicals whether it's smoking or drinking or bad food and and so you know a high performance car or vehicle much like what our body is requires good fuel if you if you put low octane fuel in a race car the race car is going to sputter and the body is the same way you put you put bad fuel in your body uh you're not going to perform at the level that you'd like. It's just that simple. So limit the Doritos and ice cream? Uh, well, you know, but, but <laughs> every all, now and then. Right? I would say all things in moderation. Sure, sure, sure. But, but back, back on exercise, I believe strongly in exercise. I think you got to find it. Uh, there are classes, low-impact classes. At the, again, go back to the YMCA. They have kickboxes. They have uh, yoga. They have different forms of exercise. And so... In a group setting, now I'm going to put a plug on, on friendships that develop. I found once I got into the running community, the friendships that I developed were amazing. And they're wonderful people, and they opened up avenues for me. Frankly, we'll get to this in the Soldier Marathon a bit, but that's how the Soldier Marathon came about. And that's why it's done so well, because it's planned by runners for runners. Uh, our running community gathered 
uh, people that, you know, from our group runs, we'd meet together Saturday mornings or during the week, and we developed relationships, and we, we laughed together. We uh, ran miles together, and we'd tell Mike Stevens, a good friend, uh, led me in my first marathon. He'd say, all right, uh, to our group, you you got to show up with a 10-minute story, and you got to show up with a 10-minute story. <laughs> Fill the time. Fill the time. And so we would tell our stories, carry on conversations while we jogged. and, and Conversational uh, pace. Conversational pace. Yeah. But uh, the friendship part that came out of group exercise was amazing, and that was the dividend I never expected when I started this. And my I look at my friends today, and... You know, well over half of my close friends, we have a running connection. Yeah. And I've lived in this community all my life, and uh, I have a lot of friends. um, But my closest friends, you know, really are are people I've exercised with. Yeah. People maybe just as insane as we are. Right. right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and that, of course, uh, another group of friends in the church as well. Some of those, likewise, are, are are runners. But I'd say my faith and my, uh, as far as my relationships with others, it's family faith and, and running community. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you were talking about marathons. Some uh, for those who, who don't know, a marathon twenty six point two miles. Right. Uh, I have some friends who say that's that's a long way to even drive, <laughs> much less run. Um, but also, uh, tell me about, for those who, who don't know, I mean, they've heard of Ironman, they've heard of triathlons, right. um, and there's half Ironmans. You see those stickers, 70.3 or I think 140.6. Tell me, tell me the breakdown of what an Ironman is. Well, the Ironman first is the swim, and, and you swim 2.4 miles. And uh, that, that's an individual event that you really have to apply yourself to just out of the gate. I mean, you've got to be able to get in the water and out of the water. And um, 2.4 miles is a long time to swim. And uh, is it an open water? You, yes, open water, and it's, it could it can be an ocean, it can be a lake, a reservoir, uh, sometimes a wide river, but generally it's open ocean. The um, uh, the bike ride is next. That's 112 miles, and so you transition out of the water and get on a bike and put on your helmet and you clip in your shoes and and you bike 112 miles. Oof. And uh, that's that really is is the make or break in an Ironman uh, triathlon because uh, you separate yourself from the pack there, and uh, you try to average close to 20 miles an hour on the bike, and and uh, uh, that that's as I say a, a stiff effort, and all the elements you deal with. Uh, the heat, the wind, the hills. Because uh, you're out there for how long total? You know, you know it, it, the, the, usually for me, it was in the five to six and a half hour range, depending on... Uh, just for the bike many, part of just it. Just for the bike part, on how many hills. The hillier the course, the longer the, you're out there. Mm. And, um, you know, the swim for me was like an hour and 15 to hour and a half time frame. And, uh, again, depending on elements and wetsuits and cold temperature and such. Then after your legs are jello, you get to go run a marathon. Then you run 26.2 <laughs> miles. And for me, that was about uh, the best I ever did was four and a half hours on that aspect. But generally, it would be a five to five and a half hour kind of run following that. So the whole event would take me uh, typically 12 and a half to 14 and a half hours, depending mm-hmm. on the course. I think the best I ever did was a, a little under 12 hours, maybe 11 hours and 50 minutes uh, down in Florida. But generally, I looked at them as a, 
uh, 12 and a half to 14 and a half hour event. Again, depending on the hills, the heat, the rain, uh, all the elements that would come into it. And uh, it was just a wonderful challenge, a very fulfilling and, and uh, uh, one of the greatest ones I enjoyed was actually a lower distance. It's kind of a modified Olympic distance, which is a shorter bike and a shorter swim, but it was the Alcatraz, uh, Escape from Alcatraz wow. uh, triathlon, very popular. you have police chasing after you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't, but they put you in a boat and they take you out to the island uh, the, the where the prison is, and you just jump off the back of the boat, and um, the water temperature is 55 degrees, which is very bitter. By comparison, uh, if you just draw a cold bathtub, and that'd be 75 degrees if you just draw a cold bath. And uh, so you're in 55-degree temperature, and it, t- it took me about an hour to, to swim. The hour. It's one-and-a-half-mile dis- distance. Uh, currents are brutal, very difficult currents. Um, but what a thrill uh, uh, to finish that and say I've escaped from Alcatraz. <laughs> and uh, then the bike well, ride. And the legal way, right? Yeah, yeah, the legal way. The bike ride, I think, was 25 miles over a pretty hilly course in sure. San Francisco. And then the run, I think, was eight miles. But Wow. But, again, just a neat event. And what I found uh, about the world of, of uh, marathon, triathlon, was the travel. My wife and I would travel together. I, I want to mention my wife. I could not have done any I was going to ask you about Betty, about how important she's been. Vital. Uh, vital to have uh, full support. And she was my cheerleader and um, encouraged me and supported me and stood by me and would be at the finish line, at the start line, finish line, the whole way, all the years. And um, I just say, because of the time component it takes to do endurance sports, uh, you've got to have your wife or your family. I, I almost don't encourage young men to do it unless you're competitive and trying to do it, make a you know, livelihood kind of thing out of it because it takes so much time during the week that you really, I think, need to put that into your family, your, your young children, train them up. Uh, we all know that's that's your role. That's a God-given role to, to take care of your, your wife and your children. In my case, I started at age 45, you know, with the support of my family, but my I had raised my daughters, and I thought done well. And so I had time that I, I did it from 45 to 65. And, um, I, you know, I received enough medals along the way in my age groups to, you know, meet that need. And I got, I got all the recognition I would ever want, but I, uh, the, the adventure, the, you know, the fun, uh, the travel, you know, the relationships that you develop, that to me was, was, worth it all and and uh, again betty shared it with me and i will say this also going back quickly to exercise my my wife is is not a runner but um she too wanted to get a medal along the way she saw i was getting some medals and she said it's my turn so she did train up and walk jog a half marathon the soldier half marathon okay and uh, I worked with her on it, but I was real, real proud of her. It was it was a huge effort on her part, huge effort, because she is not a runner. And she also uh, does not uh, perspire. She has a condition that uh, limits uh, perspiration. So the body heat builds up inside her, and so it was even more difficult. But she labored through that, committed to it, and she's very proud. She's got the, the finishing medal on our lamp next to our bed where she can look at it and say, I, I did that. And so she was a one and done, but she was very proud of it. And, Absolutely. and she now 
is a regular walker, but just not 13 miles, maybe maybe one mile. Yeah, so, I mean, you do what you can do, right? You right. Um, and we were talking about kind of mixing or the merging of the spiritual and physical aspects of it, how, you know, it talks in the Bible about your body as a temple and, and, and doing it unto the Lord. What, um, when you're out there, you know, um, whether it be you're running three miles or eight miles or, or back when you were, had an Ironmans and, and, um, marathons, do you, uh, is it a, where you chance, do you talk to God? Do you say, God, I need strength. I'm hurting <laughs> severely. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. I mean, how does that, uh, those conversations happen? Oh, it, it, always, uh, constantly. I mean, you, you do stay focused and you say, I have a little thing I say. Like a mantra? Uh, uh, maybe that's the way to describe <laughs> it. But I say, Lord, may I have your grace. And I use that all the time. Uh, even sitting down for this podcast, not knowing what words I might say, but I don't know the ears that might hear them, but Lord, may I have your grace. Would you be in this? If he's not in it, then it's just of me. It's just my flesh. Sure. And he's not honored. And so I want whatever, you know, the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart, I want that to be pleasing to the Lord. And so as, even as we're having this podcast, uh, I want the Lord to be in that. Absolutely. And so I say that, you know, I have my morning prayers. I go to the start line of whatever I'm doing. If I go up uh, anytime, go up to a podium to make some remarks, you know, Lord, may I have your grace. And so I know that he's with me and uh, of course during the day when you're in these long events and runs uh, you'll have struggles uh, you'll have injuries you'll have some aches and pains you'll start questioning things things you know things get thrown at you that you weren't planning and and so you say lord i need your help here and uh, you know i'm proud please i hate to see the word proud but but uh, you know i finished all the races that I, I set out to do, to do, I was able to, to get through them. You know, it's, it's, it's what you, how you react to disappointment. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, uh, you know, if, if, first of all, if, if you think, if you've asked the Lord to be a part of something, and then, of course, we all have our hopes and expectations or whatever that would be, and then it a lot of times doesn't work out that way. And uh, I'm, I'm reading something now in... Uh, in uh, James and in Romans, that uh, you know that suffering produces uh, endurance or, or perseverance, and so you know our trials. Uh, James would say our trials. When you have trials, it's not if; it's when mm-hmm. uh, that produces uh, endurance or perseverance, and and that's the truth of it. Is is uh, as we journey in our walk, when these obstacles come in that that we don't like. Things don't go our way. Uh, we can be bitter and grumble and quit, or we can say, "All right, Lord, what else do you have for me?" <laughs> because uh, you know you're in, you were in it the first place. You know I brought it to you, and it didn't work out like I thought it was going to work out. So what, what's next? And uh, you know you, you have to pick yourself up and refocus and and realize that life is a struggle. Um, there are trials, some much more severe than others. But ultimately, God is sovereign. And when you have that mindset <clears throat> that you realize that, that God does have a perfect plan, uh, it helps me deal with uh, 
disappointments, let's sure. say, and struggles when I, when I, you know, whether it's you got an illness or like I got cancer, you know, I didn't want cancer. Um, but gosh, it <laughs> interestingly opened up uh, more new relationships. Uh, I had men contacting me that I did not know who had heard. Who re, uh, good friends who had cancer I did not know had cancer. They could relate and they, you know, could and share. And we would talk and and they would lift me up. I was I had many friends call me, I'm praying for you. And so I, you know, you see that the Lord is using my cancer to build my relationships with others, to make me walk a path that I would not have chosen to have walked. And to allow me to be lifted up by others, so it's faith building to the to the Christian community, and so God, you know, God works all things for good, as we know, to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose, and and so that's you know, you see that faith in action, and um, that's just my little example, but others have got, um, you know, when when you go into the world of cancer. Uh, particularly in the, in the, we were at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and we saw some really bad cases. Mm-hmm. And so your heart goes out uh, to, particularly the children. Uh, and, um, I mean, you see all kind of physical ailments there. And, and so it's, you know, their story isn't, uh, doesn't have the rosy ending that mine did necessarily. Uh, so your heart goes out to them, but you support them. And you and you love them, and um, you know you just trust that, that their faith uh, is also being quickened. There was there was uh, one lady that we developed a nice relationship with uh, in the waiting room. Uh, I walked out. I just had my radiation treatment, and uh, saw this lady, and she was just I could see the distress all over her face. And I walked up to her, and and I just said hello, and. And she looked up at me, and I remember, and I said, would you mind if I said a prayer for you? And she said, oh, please do. And she held her hand out, and we talked and prayed. Well, uh, she said, now, my husband's out there in the waiting room. You go tell him that you pray for me. (laughs) (laughs) So he knows. And uh, you can be angry at God, uh, but that doesn't change the fact that he's in it and that he is sovereign. Yeah. uh, so and, and and part of your path over the last 10 years, I want to close out talking about this, is the Soldier Marathon. Obviously, you've been the director of that. The Soldier Marathon will happen in mid-November. So is this definitely the 10th and final Soldier Marathon? Is this so for those maybe who want to like maybe, you know, um, come down here and there's, you know, obviously the 5K, the half marathon, the re- relay, the marathon. So is this the, the, the finale? This is the finale. <laughs> uh, the history, brief history. Uh, our local running group uh, community uh, uh, guys and gals that I run with uh, asked me <clears throat> if I would be the director. We wanted to bring a marathon race back to Columbus. Uh, they asked me if I'd be the director, and I, I talked to my wife about it, and I said, "Sure, let's let's do that. Let's do something good for the uh, for the running community in Columbus, but also we wanted to do something back to Fort Benning." And so we we approached Fort Benning and asked for permission to. Uh, run part of the race on Fort Benning, and we asked uh, what name we could give the race, and from that discussion uh, came the name the Soldier Marathon, and so uh, we, we like that name. 
this was 10 years ago and and uh, so our mission was to salute the soldier and uh not knowing much more than that uh several of us had run a lot of races so we kind of knew how what what was required and and just the volu- the running community we all stepped up and volunteered i i would say you know you you cover the course and you cover the food and you you know cover the setup and we kind of assigned it get medals get t-shirts uh, get volunteers and get sponsors and how many runners on or participants on well, average well uh, this year we've i think we expect uh, between 1,200 and 1,500 uh, will run. On average, we'll have 250 people sign up on race day. So uh, uh, we, uh, we'll have those runners. We'll, we'll probably have another 300 volunteers on the course assigning, uh, giving out water and, and different. We have nine water stations on the course. that The runners, some of them hit those stations twice. So we end up with a total of about 15 different water stops, let's say, for a runner. Sometimes they'll hit the same station twice. We'll have uh, seven miles of the course is on Fort Benning, and the rest of the course is along the Riverwalk coming into Columbus. And And there's a unique way that you climb the hill towards post. Tell us about that. (laughs) Well, we have. Whether uh, that's always been a part of it or not. It has. Uh, We try to get drill instructors along the course to, uh, you know, encourage the runners up the hill. Encourage is the the word, right? right? So they enjoy that. And, and, um, (laughs) but, you know, we. We get give, up that hill. We, <laughs> we give uh, the runners a nice T-shirt, a nice medal. This year we give them a nice hat. And we also have a poster. I like to bring art into the event. So we get a local artist that's painted a beautiful poster for, for this year's race, Joe Ferris, a uh, wonderful artist. And then also in addition, I, I did a, a poster that's a composite of all the artwork for the 10 years. And so we'll have a commemorative uh, 10-year composite poster as well as the individual uh, 2019 poster, and each each runner will get that. And this year we're going to give a car to, uh, keychain, nice little dog tag keychain as a, as a little uh, gift to the runners. So we try to, uh, that's all called bling, we try to give a lot of bling to the to the runners and uh, uh, in good quality uh, bling. So that, that's a fun takeaway. We we also offer the runners an opportunity to run in, in honor and memory of a fallen hero. So we have a special separate bib uh, that the runner can select uh, uh, either a family member or we'll have uh, posters of fallen heroes. They can choose to run and write the name of that soldier on their bib and then run in honor of that of that soldier. And there's a kind of a, I, I guess for some, uh, an emotional finish down. Uh, tell us about as they're running, because you, you start and finish at the National Infantry Museum in kind of Columbus, Fort Benning. But tell us about that finish. Um, well, the finish line is, is so special. It's lined with uh, the flags of all the states of, of the Union. We call it the Avenue of Flags, and it's a, a tenth of a mile finish. Uh, it's wide and lined with spectators, and, and we've got a beautiful... Uh, it's uh, flat, which is it, good. <laughs> it is very flat, <laughs> very flat. But uh, uh, we have soldiers there to greet them, to hand out uh, the medals, and uh, to put a, drape a, a medal around the neck of the, of the runner. And some runners uh, will have family members join them with and carry American flag and run down the the finish line, the shoot, if you will, uh, with the flag. And uh, it's just a, a special celebration of accomplishment, but also a salute to, you know, the, the deeper meaning is that we're doing this to pay honor to the soldiers.
Yeah, well, I'm definitely looking forward to running it. And I know that uh, for you, it's been a, a labor of love the last uh, decade, right? It, it has, 10 years. And we've, we've looked at it. Now, uh, we have a volunteer committee. And uh, the same men and women have been in there from, from day one. We've added a few along the way. But collectively, we, we've all decided we, we're at different seasons of life uh, uh, that it's time to go out on top. You know, we... we supplement some of the funds to make sure we can write some nicer checks and so we're we're all you know making some donations as well that are important to make sure this thing is done well and uh, three hundred thousand dollars uh, given yeah. over the last uh, 10 years so far yeah we're we're giving away uh, we start out first year maybe giving away i think maybe ten thousand dollars and now we're up to about 30 40 or 50 it's great so. it's great Okay. Well, Cecil yeah. Chiefs, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Oh, Jay, listen, uh, thank, thank you for uh, talking, what, what sharing, sharing about your faith and your family and your uh, your uh, extreme athletic uh, career. And uh, I wish you the best uh, with the Soldier Marathon. And it's going to be a great race. And uh, so I, I encourage everybody that can to be involved, or if they can't, run or you know cheer somebody on and, and give money to these great uh, military organizations. So. Well, it's been my honor, and I thank you so much for the invitation. All right, thank you very much. Wow, what amazing stories Cecil had to tell about his, his family, his career, his uh, life as, as a runner and uh, how he got started and the injuries he dealt with and just inspiring things and how he really gives back to others. Uh, really an inspiration for us all. I, I hope to be as active as he's been and, and still is at 70 years old. So we thank you. Uh, thank him so much for giving an hour of his time and uh, really um, looking forward to running the Soldier Marathon. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to go out there and do that on Fort Benning, uh, the Army installation. So we're going to close out this podcast uh, like we always do with uh, two things, three things that is, uh, food for thought, which is a couple of news uh, items that uh, maybe make you think, uh, one about faith, one about fitness, also our parting gift, uh, inspirational quote or verse, and then a quick prayer, and then we will say goodbye. So first, food for thought. A former Fort Benning Ranger, appropriate on this military kind of themed podcast here, uh, recently um, here in Columbus, Georgia, broke the world record uh, for uh, the most pull-ups in 24 hours. This is a retired Ranger from Fort Benning, successfully broke that record. Uh, His name is Brandon Tucker, uh, so he braved the challenge. So he uh, and he raised a lot of money for good organizations as well. To break the record, Brandon completed seven thousand seven hundred and fifteen straight pull-ups. Just think about that: seventy-seven hundred and fifteen pull-ups. I can barely do fifteen uh, after taking a break in the middle of them. So that is a lot of upper body and core strength. The record was 7,600, so he broke that by more than 100 pull-ups. For every pull-up, he raised a dollar for organizations that impact veterans. So again, uh, his total amount of money because of that many pull-ups was $7,715 donated to uh, several organizations. These are uh, helping military veterans. So very cool. Congratulations to Brandon Tucker on an amazing feat.
And food for thought from a faith perspective, I found this interesting opinion piece in USA Today from David Goldstrom, a rabbi, also a military chaplain, who uh, talked about a 2019 report from the Pew Research Center finding that about half of post-9-11 veterans say it was difficult for them to return to civilian life after service in the military, almost half of them saying either did not prepare them well or did not prepare them at all for this transition. And this rabbi, who's talking in this opinion piece, saying that he's partnering with hundreds of healthcare professionals, social workers, and specialists at the VA, chief of chaplains, in places like Atlanta, to try to rectify that disconnect. And he writes at the end of his piece that peace is what we want, soldier and civilian alike, and peace is what we pray for. But military and veterans administration chaplains recognize that peace has often been rare and hard to achieve, our mission is to help those who have gone to war find their way home on Veterans Day and every day of the year. We definitely salute all of our military, all of our armed services on this uh, um, days after Veterans Day and really throughout the year for protecting our freedoms. And uh, the parting gift today is um, a, a quote from the Bible, a verse, uh, Psalm 121, which helps us when we're in need, uh, like the military so often is. And uh, Psalm 121 says, I turn my eyes to the mountains. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And I'm sure you've heard that song. Uh, what a great song. What a great verse there. And we're going to end this podcast with a prayer. Dear Lord, just thank you for our military, our Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Reserves, National Guard, so many that volunteered, putting their lives on the line for us and going off to war, training here at home, doing all they can to make sure that we have the freedoms we have in the United States of America. We just pray for their protection. We pray for their families, their husbands, their wives, their children back home uh, as they go off to war and, and many other dangerous uh, situations. We just thank you for the opportunity to live in this country where we have that freedom. And again, we pray for the protection and peace of our military. You name me pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, second podcast. We had a great opportunity again to talk to Cecil Chiefs, and I do plan to run the Soldier Marathon, which will happen Saturday, November 16th at the National Infantry Museum right next to Fort Benning in West Georgia. And again, tell others about this podcast, Run the Race. You can search it up and find it on iTunes, Spotify, most places where this kind of audio can be found. Also, we have a new website launched WTVM.com slash podcast. That's WTVM.com slash podcast. We'd like you to go on there. You can link up to anywhere you want to listen to it. Uh, for Apple Podcasts, you can go in there and we'd love for you to get a rating, five star if you really liked it, and then write a quick review. And uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say about this. Give us any kind of feedback. And if you want to post about it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want to post about the Run the Race podcast, you can do that. Use the hashtag Run the Race podcast. You're not going to want to miss next week's. We have some special guests for you, and you won't want to miss that at all. So we want to continue this journey together. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. We'll see ya.